0: Today, we're just coming, bringing the message uh, for the Heroes series today about power, and Jesus' power, to be exact. That's what we're going to be talking about today, and I want to share a story because I I like to think about stories, and when I was a young kid, my mom used to babysit people, so she uh, babysitted uh, these two kids named Sean. Uh, They were spelled different, but uh, there was fun having kids about my age, and I was probably about... Uh, six or seven, maybe maybe a little younger. I can't exactly remember. But uh, we used to babysit him. And one of the kids uh, met name, was named Sean. He said, I'm Superman. And we're like, you're Superman? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Superman. And uh, we're like, prove it. And he was like, okay, I will. And we were actually upstairs and we had stairs that led down. And no one suggested it, but, but he suggested it to say, I'm going to jump off these, and I'm going to fly. And we're like, okay. And so he jumped, and for just a second, it seemed like maybe he was going to be Superman. But then gravity kicked in, and he just went, bam, right on the ground, just right on the ground, laid flat. And uh, of course, me and the other kids start laughing, and then all of a sudden, he starts crying because he wasn't Superman. And it's always interesting how we always think about Superman, like, or having these abilities or having these powers, that we, we dream about this. It's almost like we think that that, even though we know that we don't see those things very, happen very often, that those things could be that it's something we could do. But here's the thing that I think about, is that God is able to do those things. Jesus is able to transcend all those things and to do these amazing powers So I really want us to think about today, about Jesus and his power. And I'm going to share some scriptures today, but I want you to go through the New Testament. Actually, one of my challenges today is for you during this time, this week, is to look at John chapter 6, because I think a lot of the things we talk about today, you can actually just look at John chapter 6 and go through and see a lot of these things that I'm bringing out today and see it in a whole chapter, how it's played out and how it's done. Not everything, but a lot of those things. Well, the first thing I want to share today is this, is that, you know, Jesus, his power, how did he display his power? In the prime, I'm not saying these are the only ways, but these are the things I want to highlight today, is that Jesus was able to use command. He was able to speak, and things happened. Uh, It's kind of like going back to where God created everything with his words. He just spoke, and he commanded that to come to be happened. So he used his words to say, okay, this is going to happen. This is what's going to occur. Uh, he commanded the light to come on, and it came on. Um, and then also the spirit. Uh, there's a lot of things here that we see that Jesus has a connection, and he has this power, and it's spiritual power. And it's the same spirit of God that we see with Exodus and many other forms. But I think about Exodus and, and seeing the this, this spirit of God move. Actually, it was God's spirit that went through Egypt when the final plague happened, and where the firstborn was taken. It was God's spirit that went through uh, the area and actually took the firstborn. So thinking about how God's spirit was displayed in Jesus, and that was power was his spirit. And then also thinking about the touch. Um, and this is just an amazing thing to me, that, that Jesus would touch people and they would would be healed, or they would be taken care of, or they would be delivered in some way. But also we find out in the different places, and one we'll share today, that it wasn't just him uh, touching people. It was actually also people touching him that they were healed, and the power was coming out of him. So I want us to think about, as we read Scripture, maybe this week, as we think about this topic of of Jesus' power, I want to challenge you and encourage you to think about these areas. How do he use his words and make a commandment, or or say, "Here's what I want you to do. This is the steps I want you to take," or how did he use his spirit, this the spirit that, that that you know is able to go beyond all matter, and it's, it doesn't, it's not controlled by the same things that the world we live in is controlled by. His spirit can go anywhere and be anywhere, and it's just amazing. And then also his touch. And I think back about that too, and I will share this with you before I begin the scriptures, that I think it's very interesting that Jesus would touch people. And it goes back to where how Jesus and how God created Adam and Eve, how he formed them with his hands. And that was one creation that he took extra time with was us, that he actually molded and shaped by touch. And then Jesus comes and is able to do this miraculous things by simply touching somebody or somebody having faith and touching him. So the next thing that we want to look at is Mark chapter 2, verse 3. It says this, Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof and above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat, and the man was lying on it. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking. They're in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and ta- take up your mat and walk? And I want to share that with you today is that the Spirit gave Jesus this ability to know exactly what people were thinking. Think about this, like, like when we think about uh, when uh, Jesus was able to interpret things or, or understand things, he, used this, he had this ability to know things. At 12 years old, we find him in the temple teaching people that were older than him. And he had no understanding as far as a, we, we do not have any knowledge of him having training or any, any like schooling to where he would know these things. But he's teaching, and they marveled at his teaching. They marveled at his ability. And I believe that was because the Spirit of God was dwelling in Jesus. He was God in the flesh. And because of his spirit, he was able to see things, kind of like uh, today's standard, I guess it'd be like Professor Xavier, being able to read people's minds. And Jesus had that ability. He knew what were in people's hearts. He could perceive that and understand it and know it. And the amazing thing is that Jesus always possessed this ability. He knew things before they were going to happen. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He knew that he he was going to be led to a a certain area. He knew that the time wasn't right for him to be really known in an area and that they were going to have to wait on something to happen further for people to be prepared to be ready to accept him. Also in the story that we just read with the person that's lowered in, that's paralyzed, is that Jesus was amazed by their faith. And so this is the interesting thing about Jesus is that Jesus can know things, but he also can appreciate those things when he sees them lived out. When he sees our faith, he knows who's going to live for him or who's not. But Jesus gets excited when he sees people live out their faith. So this knowledge that he had was supernatural. It wasn't like this knowledge that you, you obtain somehow by going to school or knowing things. This was not just him. It was God working through him as he would testify and say, I, I'm here to honor my father. And so I think that's something that we need to kind of keep in mind is that Jesus had this knowledge and this wisdom and this thing that was a direction of connection with God, and he was able to read people's thoughts and read their minds and read their hearts. Moving on in the same story, there's so much here. In verse 10, it says this in Mark chapter 2. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up, took up his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. It was just such an amazing thing that he had authority. And this is another thing I want to share with you today, is that it is is amazing the authority that Jesus had. He just had this authority. He had this way about him, and he was able to do things. And this is the other thing that I think is really neat and we need to think about, is that Jesus knew their hearts, knew the way they were thinking, didn't really have full knowledge of him. And they're calling him like, how can you do this? How how do you have the ability to do this, to to forgive sin? So there's two things being uh, shown here. Not only the fact that Jesus is able to do this great, amazing power, but that he's, he's able to forgive sin, which is even a greater feat because he's God. And the fact that he's able to say that he's able to forgive sin and then provide a healing proves that it's God working through him. So this is just an amazing thing that he's able to show that here I have the knowledge and I have the wisdom, but I also have the authority to forgive sin and, and, and bring healing. The next scripture I want to share with you is Luke chapter four. And it says this in verse 34, go away, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. Here is the demons proclaiming that Jesus is the Son of God. No one else. And again, like we said last week, there's just so much confusing about who Jesus is. Some people think he may be somebody special, but not at the level that he's the Messiah, that he's the Son of God. A lot of confusion during this time. And this is Jesus' response, because they weren't ready to hear that, right? He says, be quiet, because they weren't really ready to receive Jesus in that way. He said sternly, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before all of them and came without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words are these? What words these are? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits that they come out. And again, Thinking about Jesus' authority, there's great power in that, isn't there? When somebody has authority, they're able to do a lot of great things. And Jesus, coming from nowhere, from Nazareth, being the son of Joseph, he's displaying this authority that's been given to him by God that people don't really comprehend. And that is a great power that he had, was having this commanding authority of the situation. He was able to do things that nobody else was do, able to do. And why was that? Because he was God's son. Because he was God in the flesh. And so with that authority, he was able to do things. I think about great leaders that we think about, and a lot of times they have to have some type of authority. Jesus had great authority in what he did and what he had. He commanded how he lived his life and how he operated and brought healing to people. Was able to do these miraculous Signs and wonders, and this power. This was just tremendous. As we move on to the next section, Luke chapter 5, verse 12, it says this While Jesus was in one of those towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the lepr- leprosy left him. Another section here I want to look at is this, Luke chapter 6. He went down, in verse 17, with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all of Judea and Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tira and Sidon who had come to hear him and he to be healed of their diseases this these troubled by impure spirits were cured and all the people all tried to touch him because the power was coming from him and healing them all and so I want to share this with you today is that Jesus is able to, to bring healing that he used a lot of times he would com- give a command and then some healing would happen but he was able to do these amazing things And bring healing to people now this is the question i want to share with you today is this is why you know in this healing jesus wants to heal people right what was the purpose of that healing it was to show it was to display that god had power over those things it was to show that he was god's son the reason why he did these amazing works and did these amazing things it was to show that he was it was proof that he was god's son but i want to share this with you today Is the healing, it's important, and I still believe they happen, but that's not the greater healing that Jesus came to do. Jesus didn't come just to heal your body. Because you know what? Every single one of those that we hear about, the person with leprosy, the other people that came with with a bad spirit or an evil spirit, all those that were healed and delivered are now dead. So you're like, well, wait a second, What's the, where's the hope at, Eric? Um, but here's the thing, and this is the thing for me, and this is something I had to learn because of me having cerebral palsy and, and praying God for, for healing and saying, God, deliver me. See, I still believe that God's able to heal, but I don't believe that's the most important thing. The most important thing is that God has healed me from this life. God has touched me and delivered me in a way that I can live for him forever in his glory, in his presence forever and ever. In his presence because I've chosen to follow him because I've accepted Jesus Christ in my heart and in my life So yeah, I believe that healing happens. I've seen healing happen. I've seen people get healed I've heard stories of healing that happens to this day But the end result isn't just about a receiving a healing in this in this life in a natural physical way But it's to receive a healing of your heart and soul That you can be restored to god and that healing is the most important healing that took place. Now, as we look at those things that, that Jesus did with the, with the person that, with leprosy, I love that story that Jesus wasn't afraid of the leprosy. He wasn't scared of the leprosy. He knew he had power over the leprosy, that the leprosy wasn't going to affect him at all. reminds me of Stonewall Jackson who took a stand and would, wouldn't be afraid because he put his trust in God. We need to have that same kind of faith and trust in Christ and, and trust in what he's able to do because we live beyond the natural things we live for a god who lives forever and ever and we're going to be able to be with him next thing here in luke chapter 8 it says this verse 24 the disciples went and woke him saying master master we're going to drown he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subside and all was was calm where is your faith he asked his disciples in fear and amazement they asked one another who is this He commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey. One of the the things that we know throughout, and I could have picked many scriptures, but I don't want to keep us. If you want to be here all day, we can be here all day. But but I wanted to, to share some to kind of give us this focus, but through your reading, through your devotions, through all the things you know, I mean, we could, I could give you case after case after case how he, whether it was healing or whether it's this natural, he's able to control the nature and, and just be able to do all these things. It's just amazing what he's able to do. And so here we see that he's able to control the winds and the storm. He's able to walk on water from another passage. He's able to do these amazing things. But think about that. He's able to transcend all of our natural laws. He doesn't work in the same confines that we, we think about or we, we think about how things are or how things work. He ascended into heaven. How, how does that work? Uh, that, that, law, that defies the law of gravity. Uh, there's so many things there that we could look at to see that he is able to control nature. He's able to dictate these, these things in nature. And we think there's certain rules, but those rules don't apply to him. That's how amazing Jesus was, how amazing he is. That all the things that sometimes we think, and this even goes to healing too. All these things, whether it's a healing or a natural, a natural event, these things are able to be controlled by God. God's bigger than them. He's able to go past them. And so where we think things can't work out or things can't be or all these doubts that we may have, he's able to go past that and work and do these amazing things. Another one that kind of goes along with that, but adds something new is in verse 19. Matthew chapter 21, verse 19. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it and but found nothing on it but except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When his disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did this fig tree wither so quickly? They asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what, what has been done to this fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. Pretty powerful stuff. Here's the amazing thing, though, is that time doesn't matter to Jesus either. See that where it says that the, 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 the fig tree, the leaves, and everything just withered away immediately? Immediately so much and so quickly that the disciples were just amazed by it. It wasn't something that just happened in a few moments. It was immediate reaction to Jesus touching it and saying this to it. And I, I think about that, that, you know, a lot of times we, are, we think about time, but who created time? It was God. It was God that set the, the day and the night and created time. And that's where we get time, is that God created it. God doesn't operate in a time Uh, sense that we do he operates differently he doesn't see things as having a beginning and an end he sees eternity and that's that's just an amazing thing that time doesn't impact God and also uh, another example me and Pastor Mark were talking uh, earlier this week about the wine you know that Jesus was at a wedding party and immediately he he has the water go from water to wine think about the process there there was no process there was no it was just immediately it was changed and so it wasn't this fig tree. So I want to encourage you to think about how Jesus doesn't have to operate in the time. That's a lot of times probably why he isn't concerned about the wait. He isn't concerned by having to wait for something. He wants to reach everyone for, for Christ. So he, he's not so much concerned about time as he is the impact. How can this impact people for Christ? How can this be a, something that will help people to know him? And you gotta wonder why he showed this to his disciples. It was kind of a private thing with this fig tree that he showed them this ability. And I think it was a reminder that that he was in charge. And also that there there is a judgment coming on the world. And that we need to be ready. We need to bear fruit. We need to be out there sharing what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us. That that's the important thing. The mission is what's important, not the timing. Not the not not when this is going to happen, or how is this going to work out, or how is that going to? It's it's sharing the good news about what Jesus has done, bearing fruit. So time is that factor, and so I want to encourage you today just to be thinking about maybe sometimes you, it's hard for you to wait, maybe it's sometimes uh, you know hard to be patient with God, but Jesus demonstrated that He has power over time. One of His superpowers, if you would, would want to say that is that he's able to control time. Totally different than the way we operate today. The last thing I want to share with you is probably the most important thing of his power in John chapter 11. And and, and this isn't just an isolated instance in Scripture. There's many times that Jesus was able to raise the dead. But of course the classic one is, and the one I wanted to share today, is Lazarus. Because he knew that that Lazarus was going to die. He knew that he was going to end up being dead, that he was going to be buried for a period of time, and then he was going to come back to life. Which really proves, because it wasn't just an instance where they died, and they're just laying there for a day or so, and then they come and are awoke. But uh, that this person was actually going through the burial process. Let's read the story here. John chapter 11, verse 4. It says, When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back. So you can see here that Jesus knows something that nobody else does. It goes back to the spirit. Like Jesus knew that this was happening for a reason and a purpose. That this was taking place so that they could see God's ability and see Jesus' ability too. And so he's waiting around for two more days. He could have went and healed him before he died, but he knew this was for God's glory. So the next passage here in verse 11, it says, After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, it's better. He'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death. But his disciples thought he was meaning natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad, and I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And so, skipping down a little bit, we find this interaction that happens that everybody that's kind of mourning, this is a day of mourning when he approaches this area that they are just mourning the loss of Lazarus because he'd been dead for four days now, we're gonna see in the story here. And they're just kind of upset at Jesus, like, why weren't you here? Why didn't you, why didn't you take care of him? Why didn't you just you know, come when you knew? And they were kind of a little saddened by that. And Jesus is moved because he sees the people's hearts. They see their sadness. He feels their anguish. And this is what we see and we love is that Jesus had compassion and it says in verse 38, it says, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said, a command. But, the Lord, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been dead for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? In verse 41, it says, So then they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you, are always, hear, you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of all the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said, said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet were wrapped with the stripes of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off his grave clothes and let him go. One of the things that I want to share with you today is this, is that Jesus has the power over death. And again, like I mentioned about the healing, there, there's this physical thing that we, we don't want to die, right? We, we want to escape death. We want to live as long as we can. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? The reality is we're all going to die. We're all going to face death at some point. We're all going to have to come to that realization that I can't escape it. I also think it's interesting, and you want to talk about things that we think about as human beings. I think that a lot of times we don't, we don't think about death enough, really, right? We don't, we don't obsess. Well, we shouldn't obsess about it. But I, I think it's interesting that we continue to think that we're just going to live, 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 live. Every day we get up, we just think we're going to have that day to live. But yet death is coming for us. At some point, we're all going to die unless Jesus comes back and we have rapture. Some people were saying today, i of coming to the parking lot It felt like rapture because just a few of us here today. But that day will come. But I want to tell you that we're all going to face death. But fortunately, we serve Jesus who has power over death. And not just me living here upon this life, on this earth. See, Jesus is going to go and prepare a place for each one of us. And we're going to be able to escape this death in the sense that I may naturally die and my body may be put somewhere or I'm cremated and I will be dust again. And all those things may pass away. But Jesus gives me this hope and this promise that if I put my trust in him, I can live forever and ever and ever and never face death again. See, Jesus has the power, the ability to raise the dead, to bring life. And he did it over and over again when he was here upon earth. But that wasn't the end result. That, that wasn't, see, Lazarus at some point died again. But the point was, he wanted us to know that he has the power to escape death. And what did he do? He himself was crucified, died, buried. And then three days later, What happened? He rose again. He escaped death. He has the power. So I know we're facing a lot of things. There are a lot of things in this world that we get nervous about or get anxious about or we we have a lot of fear. But I want you to know there's power in Jesus. Jesus has power, and he's able to do some amazing things. What does Jesus really want for you? He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to know him, his heart, his nature. What he's about and so looking at these wonderful signs that he demonstrated while he was here upon earth is a great thing for all of us to hold on to and understand and know but it wasn't just the works that he did that made him special it wasn't just the power that he displayed it was the fact that he loved you enough to come to die for us to do an even amazing more amazing miracle was to show us love, that he would lay down his life to be a price that we could not pay, that he paid. And he said, I love you this much. I'm going to die for you. And I'm going to live again so that you can live through me. So when I go before God, he doesn't see all the things I've done wrong. He sees the power of Jesus in front of me. And so I want to thank you for being with us today. We're praying for you. And as I close in prayer, I just want to encourage you today because knowing Jesus, it's awesome. And he is the greatest hearer that ever lived. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all the preparation of all the, everybody involved who helped us make this happen. Uh, thank you for their dedication. I just pray today, Lord, that you'd be with everybody that's out there uh, watching, um, you know, that you would just help them to know there's power in you and that your name means something because you were God's son. And all these things that you displayed, all these things that you did, the knowledge, the authority that you spoke with, the the things that how you approached us too was just amazing, how you touched, how you uh, spoke, how you, you just loved people and cared for them. Just help us to realize that there's power in you, that you give us strength. And even in these days where there's uncertainty with the virus and everything that's out there, Lord, you're our hope, you're our strength. So the help us not to be anxious, but just to trust you that you have a purpose and a plan and that we wouldn't stop by sharing the good news during this time of confusion for people, that there's hope in you, there's hope in knowing you, and that you have power in your name. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus. Amen.